Welcome and thank you for tuning into this week's life-changing message from the Equipping Church. We pray you are empowered and encouraged by the Word of God. He's moving all over this room. Spirit of God, we thank you right now. We worship you, Jesus. If you've had a miracle take place in your body over the last couple weeks, I know there's several of you have had some tremendous miracles. God's done some miracles. If you've had a miracle this morning and you'd like to testify right now, I want you to just come line up right over here. If you've had a miracle in your body, if God's done something in your body over the last couple weeks, I know some people were healed in the service with John and Rachel last Sunday night. Uh, I know some people have had some progressive healings. God's done some things. But if you, if you have a testimony of what God's done this year, over the last several weeks, I want you to come. Go ahead, Vanessa. Um, so I used, I used to deal with, like, I knew anxiety used to come through, like, my dad's side of the family because he dealt with, like, OCD and everything had to be perfect. So growing up, I always... You know, you had to have everything perfect. Um, So I could go to the grocery store and I can just feel like attack, like an anxiety attack just just attach itself. I could, it would be an everyday living, just attach itself and just, I could feel the the anxiousness of it. Um, But when I got prayed over last Sunday, um, it was generational, um, like the anxiety coming through generational um, lines. And I mean, I was ready for it to be broken. Um, I had asked that night, Saturday night, I had, I had enough. Um, I never had got to that point where I was just, I was like, Lord, what is this? I, I'm done. I want to get healed. I, I know it's not of you. Um, so he took me to Psalms 27, and it was just the first two verses. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who should I fear? And then um, the, the second one, I can't memorize it, but um, I read it, and I believed it, and um that Sunday night, I came and I was expecting, and the Lord just, he delivered me. He delivered me from it. And um, after I got up from the ground, I felt light. I felt clear. Um, I didn't feel the attachment. I, I was trying to test it out. I would go to, like, people, and I'd be like, Oh, I, I still feel free. And all week at work, I was still feeling free. I was able to, to talk to people about God. And at work, I was able to minister to one of my coworkers and lead her to Christ. Um, so I knew that I was free and that I, I and it's just, it's God. It's God's freedom. So thank you, Lord. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on up. You guys can be seated this morning. Can I get some lights? Hi guys, my name is Ben. Um, so my testimony is a little bit uh, less gracious, but because I fell uh, one morning at the house, I was I had my slippers on, and um, there was a, a charging cable across uh, sticking out from the wall, and I got it got caught in my sandal, and and I just kind of just like flat faced, but I Superman first, and so um, <laughs> so when I fell, like my my shoulder popped. And and it, it started, and I had some issues with. Uh, I was working at Walmart at, at the distribution center, and I was lifting a bunch of boxes, and it was just an awful mess. But um, but I was like really worried about it because I couldn't lift my arm at all, like past this point. And um, and I was like, yeah, oh man, I was, 
you know, I, 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 I was even worried that like, I, I wasn't going to be able to like play music anymore as, as well because of my shoulder. And, um, and then on January 8th, I think it was, it was the first time we came to the church and, um, and Pastor Jacob was praying for us and we came up here and the Lord ministered to us. And then, and then I don't know what point in the service, but at, at some point, I think it was, it was up here. I felt something just like, a, like a release of pressure in my shoulder. And when I went back to sit there, I was like, I was like testing it. I'm like, no way. I'm like, what in the world? And then I shot it up and I was like, Lord, thank you. This is crazy. And I, like, I can move it now. Like it still hurts a little bit, but I have my strength back. I, I wasn't able to like make a fist and like raise something up like this. And so it's like, you know, it's sore, but I can, it's definitely healed. So now father finish the work, give him full restoration in Jesus name. Amen. Come on, Diane. Y'all come up a little closer. It's okay. Well, I was here whenever we were planting seeds for Pakistan, and I wanted to come so, so bad. And BJ came and picked me up so I could come that night. I was so excited, and so I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, well, I need to let you know I was in a severe car wreck, and so I've had this concussion. And the nerves in my head would shoot off like fire and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I felt it shift the fire decreased and I felt it move over and I'm going it happened (laughs) it happened it really did it really did and it has not bothered me another time and I was having to sleep with ice packs wrapped around my whole head. Wow. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Uh, hi, I'm Mariah. Um, and for years, I've been dealing with depression and anxiety. And um, not even like three weeks ago, it got really bad. Or actually, it was like a few, it was like a, over a month, a little over a month. Um, and I actually had to talk with a psychiatrist this whole thing went down it was really hard on my family and for me and it was just really dark and heavy but like when I first came here it was just like everything came off my shoulders and like ever since then I've been like free from it (laughs) come on thank you Jesus Father, we thank you today that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And we thank you, Father, that she represents a generation that is being set free from depression and anxiety. We thank you, Father, that this generation's being set into joy. And Father, we thank you that you're raising this one up as one who will lead the charge of freedom for her generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, Jacqueline. Um, so for the past 10 years or so, basically since I started my undergrad, I've been dealing with migraines. I've been dealing with migraines, and um, whenever they, I got the migraines, they would affect only the right side of my head. But they were so bad that whenever they came, I wouldn't be able to do anything. I'd just be knocked out for the entire day. I wouldn't be able to study, like nothing. And so I always had a stash of something, extra strength something <laughs> in my pantry because I, I needed them. Um, but I just noticed, I don't know the exact point the migraines disappeared, but I noticed that for the past three or so months, I haven't had any migraines. Come on. We just gone. <laughs> so. You know, I remember a Sunday, though, where I had a word of knowledge about it. And it was maybe back in early November or so. Yeah. And, and I remember praying for you. 
and the Lord set you free. Come on. Come on. Let's give Jesus a hand clap. Come on. Give him some praise this morning. Come on. You can do better than that. Come on. He's worthy. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you know what, I'm, I'm just declaring, and I, I said it last week, and I, I believe that it's true that uh, the month of February, and really I, I believe beyond February, but the month of February is the month of the Holy Ghost. And we're just going to see an increase of His presence. We're going to see more miracles. And, uh, you know, uh, how many of you enjoyed being with John and Rachel last Sunday night? It was great having them here. They were such a blessing. I got in the, the truck to, to take them back to Houston, and uh, Rachel, uh, in, in her wonderful way, said, Pastor, I need to tell you, you did something wrong. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting rebuked right in the truck. I didn't even know I did anything. She said, you made no room for testimonies. She said, I want to tell you, if you'll start making room for testimonies, God will double and triple your church quickly. And I was like, whoa. Okay, so we're going to start making more room for testimonies. I took it as a prophetic word because, you know, the, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's what Revelation 19 says. And so when we testify of what God does, it becomes a prophetic word to someone else. Man, if God healed Jacqueline of migraines, he'll heal me of migraines. If God set her free of depression and anxiety, he can set me free. Amen. You know, how many of you like fireworks? Anyone like fireworks? I know we've got some pyros in the room, and I love to set them off. And um, I wish Greg were here because Greg is one of those pyros who, who loves it. And we don't even have live stream this morning. Internet's down in the whole neighborhood. They're saying it's going to be three or four days before they get it back or, or whatever. Um, and that's okay. I think we're recording, right? We'll have it recorded so people can watch later. But I was, I was thinking, uh, I guess it was two or three weeks ago, I was thinking about fireworks, and I was just, I had this memory of being a little boy, and my Aunt Peggy would tell, tell me this story. She would always tell me, I'll never forget the first time I took you to see fireworks. And I, I said, okay. And she said, we took you up to Kingsburg, California, and they had a big fireworks display, and there were bleachers, and they went all the way up. And she said, you would look at the fireworks and then you would point to the bleacher and say, under there, under there. She said, you hated them. She said, but then there came a point. She said, maybe a year later, the next year, we went back and you sat there in awe the whole time. And when they were over, you cried because you wanted more fireworks. And I know that, you know, they've changed it here in Bryan College Station. It used to be out at George Bush and we would go, and we'd sit as close as we could. And one year, I, I, my shirt got burned because all the embers fell on me. Uh, but I love fireworks that much that I'm willing to sit right under them. I just have this love. I love the anticipation. Anyone get that little bit of, like, thrill when you're waiting for the boom to go off? Anyone like that? Or am I the only weirdo in the room? Okay, we have a few weirdos in the room. That, that's good. Uh, you know, I, I joke often we're the, the island of misfit toys. So, you know, if you didn't fit anywhere else, you'll fit in here, okay? Um, but, you know, we hold our breath for that unexpected bang. We, we wait for it to go off and we long for that unusual shower of sparks that we've never seen before because even if we've seen a fireworks show before, they're never going to be identical. It's always something different. They're, they could use the same company and the way they shoot off or the trajectory they head or where the wind takes it. It's always going to be different. 
And you know, I think for a lot of people, they love fireworks until it comes to church. Because a lot of people, and I don't think this might be true for our church, because I know some of you radical pyros in the room, but a lot of people, they, they want to come to church and they want to expect everything. They want everything in a row. They want to know what songs we're going to sing ahead of time. They want to know, uh, you know, that the pastor's going to do the same thing every Sunday. And I, I want to declare to you that I, I want a fireworks display at church. Anyone else want a fireworks display? Paul wanted a fireworks display. He said in 1 Corinthians 14.1, desire spiritual gifts. The early church was used to fireworks at church. They were used to the Spirit of God showing up and doing unexpected things. In our pre-service prayer this morning, I was praying out of Acts 4 when it says that the place that they prayed was shaken. I want to go back to, to one of the first fireworks displays in the, in the early church that really birthed the church, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. And we, we don't have internet this morning, so our app that we use at the back that's supposed to put the verses up there couldn't find the Bible. It wouldn't pull it up this morning. So, so if you don't have your Bible this morning, get out your smartphone, turn there. But Acts chapter 2, verse 1, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. I want to pray and then I want to jump into this this morning. Father, I thank you this morning that your word is alive. I thank you for the anointing that makes preaching easy. And I thank you, Father, this morning for a fireworks display in this house. That, Father, we've already had some incredible testimonies of the wonders of God. And I thank you for the increase this morning. I thank you, Father, that when I pull my hands back at the end of this service, that, Father, there would be evidence that you've been all over the people. That, Father, it'd be your hand that touched them. It'd be your glory that encountered them. I thank you for your presence. And I thank you for your power. In Jesus' name, amen. We are in a, in a fast for the month of February. And I was pondering the fast. And, and if you begin with us on February 1st, uh, that's great. If you haven't joined in yet, I encourage you fast something for the month of February because I believe that it's going to set a precedent for this year. But I want to issue a challenge to our church this morning. There are 28 chapters in the book of Acts and there are 28 days in the month of February. Now we're on the 5th, so you might have some catching up to do. But I want to encourage us, read a chapter out of the book of Acts each day for the month of February. Because I believe that God wants to solidify some things. Years ago, I, I had a prophetic word over my life, and I believe it's a word over this house. And, 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 and hear, hear this word in context, because I'm not saying what you're going to think I'm saying. But the prophetic word was, you will live out Acts 29. Well, there is no Acts 29 in the Bible. And so I, I often wondered, God, what does that mean? Because obviously we're not going to add to Scripture, right? Let, let's make that clear. We're not saying we're going to add to the written Word of God. Uh, we are not heretics, nor are we Mormons. Hallelujah. I might be a descendant of one, but I'm not one. Hallelujah. But when we read, 
read the scripture, and what this prophetic word was is that we were a continuation of the church of Acts is that we continue the same ministry of the the early apostles and the disciples. And so I, I want to encourage us to dive into the book of Acts this month because I believe God's really going to challenge us to begin to pray for and participate in an Acts expression in our church. And I'm going to call it fireworks. The first point that I want to make to you this morning is that fireworks displays take a lot of work and preparation. They don't just happen. They don't just materialize. We don't just show up and have one. We have to prepare for a fireworks display. And so it is in the corporate gathering. I don't just show up on Sunday and just go, well, God, I haven't talked to you all week, but I need you to show up. I spend time in prayer, in preparation. I know that many of our teams spend time in prayer and preparation for our corporate gathering. Because as I've said many times, that Sunday morning is not necessarily for the unbeliever. Now, the unbeliever might come through our doors. They might get saved on a Sunday morning. But our corporate expression on Sunday is for the encountering of God as the corporate body to equip us to go get the harvest. So I'm believing that when we show up, that there's going to be fireworks. But I don't believe that we can just roll in and expect there to be fireworks. Fireworks take hours of preparation and planning. And I want you to begin to say to the Lord, when I come to the corporate gathering, what do you have for me and what do you have through me? Because I believe we're stepping into a season where the corporate expression of the body of Christ. Listen, I don't want to do all the work. Hallelujah. Can I just tell you? Some of you are called to prophesy. Some of you are called to work in words of knowledge. Some of you are called to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And so this year, I'm telling you, in the year of harvest and in a year of refreshing, a lot of you are going to begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit like never before. I'm just letting you know it's going to happen. Some of you, it's going to hit you unexpectedly. But I want you to begin to prepare because the truth is that each one of you have fireworks inside of you that need to operate in our services. We need you to be operating in your gifts. Paul clearly states that each one of us have gifts that are needed. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, he says this. One of my favorite uh, verses in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, each person is giving something to do that shows who God is. This is out of the message version. Everyone gets in on it and everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit to all kinds of people. If we jump back to the New American, it says that the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the profit of all. That word manifestation there is is probably my favorite Greek word, phanerosis. And the, the picture that comes with it is the dancing hand of God. So the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit, what it means is this, is that the dancing hand of God comes in and amongst His people for the profit of everybody. That the Spirit of God might jump onto Sam for a moment, and then He might jump onto Letitia for a moment, and then He might jump over to Dina for a moment. But it's like this ever-winding river that comes through the body of Christ so that we all begin to benefit from the move of the Spirit. 
And I believe it's high time that the river of God flow through the many-membered body of Christ. That the fireworks, each in their own unique display, begin to come through Hector, begin to come through Wanda and through Cedric and through BJ and through each individual member because each person is called to release the fireworks of God. Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than you're responding this morning, but that's okay because I'll keep doing it. If the only gifts that operate each week are the gifts of the preacher, will we, we will be relegated to a fireworks display that won't be very balanced and won't have much pop. But I believe that when you begin to operate in your gift, and for some of you, you have gifts of administration. You need to be on the usher team. Some of you have gifts of media. You need to be serving in the back. Some of you have gifts. And, and listen, I get it because we all come from backgrounds of being overused and overworked and all of that in the church world. But some of you have gifts that need to be used. And they need to be working in the church. Because here's what I know is that if we're going to go get a harvest, if we're going to bring them in, we need to be ready for them. And so I'm not just talking about just uh, the, the power gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the gifts that God has given each one of you individually. Some of you work well with kids and need to be in kids ministry. Here's a plug for next steps. Come to next steps. Find out how to get plugged in today. We serve lunch. It's right after church. You'll be great. But our gifts must be built up. Our gifts must be made stronger by use. Why is this so crucial? Because fireworks take investment. I mean, if you think about the investment that people put into a fireworks display, there's some fireworks displays that cost over two and three million dollars for a few pops and glitter. How much more should the works of the Spirit require an investment from our lives? Money, time, energy, planning. No one just shows up at the park and the fireworks set themselves up. The fire trucks don't drive themselves to the park. I want you to change the way that you come to church so that we can experience a change in a way that we have church. I want you to come so hungry for the move of God on a Sunday morning, not to just get your thrills and chills, but to release something to somebody else. Come on, somebody. Don't just stroll in with no investment or preparation made. We will experience fireworks when we prepare and invest. Second point that I want to make to you is that visiting or frequenting a fireworks stand doesn't mean that you will have a fireworks display. In fact, I would say to you that you could go to a fireworks stand every week of the year and never see any fireworks. You might see them all packaged up, all nice. Many churches, they've got them all packaged up. It looks real good, but they never explode. They never happen. To have a fireworks display, you actually have to buy the fireworks. In other words, let me say this, and I'm not talking about a denomination here. I'm talking about an expression. You can come to a Pentecostal church and never have a Pentecostal experience. You can watch a Pentecostal experience happen all around you and still never experience Pentecost for yourself. We read in Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Ghost fell on a group of people in an upper room so that they could be witnesses to the world, not just so that they could flap their tongues. Can I be clear about that? Now, I believe that one of the initial evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. I believe that. That's my doctrine. I will preach that. But if we only have speaking in tongues and we don't have power, then what's the purpose? 
And so you are called as a believer in Jesus to experience the power of God and to be Pentecostal, not by denomination, but by experience. Can I make that clear? You could slap whatever denominational name you want on the sign outside and still be Pentecostal. Not because you're part of a denomination, but because you've had an experience with the Holy Ghost. So yes, we are a Pentecostal church by denomination, by chance, but we are Pentecostal church because we experience the move of Pentecost. And I believe that this is a year the Lord is restoring Pentecost to the church. There's a great book by Larry Sparks. If you haven't read it, it's called Pentecostal Fire. Dear friend of mine, Larry Sparks wrote it. You need to get the book. It's called Pentecostal Fire. It will stir something up on the inside of you. It made me so proud to be Pentecostal, not because of denomination, but because of experience. So don't call yourself or count yourself as a Pentecostal if you've never had an Acts 2 moment in your life. You could be in the Pentecostal church your whole life just as much as you could stand in a garage your whole life and never be a Corvette. Let me be very plain with you. In order for you to be part of the fireworks display, we need you to experience fire. That means you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, at the end of this service, we're going to pray for you, get you filled with power. You might speak in tongues. I hope you speak in tongues. You need to speak in tongues. But we want you to get filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. The way I see it is if if it's in the Bible, I should want it and expect it. If it's in the Word, I should want it and I should expect it. If God showed up all through Scripture in glorious ways, I want it. I want it. Therefore, if you have Christ in your life as Savior and Lord, then you should also want the more of the Holy Spirit, which is a promise from God to us. Remember the promise that was made to us in Luke 11? This is what it says, Luke 11, 11 and 13. If your little boy asks for a serving of fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? Reading out the message again this morning. If your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. And don't you think the Father who conceived you in love will give you the Holy Spirit when you ask Him? Some of you just need to start asking for the Holy Spirit. Some of you just need to begin to say, Holy Ghost, I don't know you. Holy Ghost, I need to know you. Holy Spirit, I need to know you. One of my spiritual moms, Jill Austin, who's gone on to be with the Lord, she'd get me every time I'd say, The Holy Spirit. She goes, The is not His first name. It's Holy Spirit. It's Holy Ghost. Now, I, I did grow up Pentecost, and so we never said Holy Spirit. We always said Holy Ghost. And it was always said just like Holy Ghost. It was like one word. There wasn't a space in between. But you need to know Holy Spirit. In fact, I can tell you based on Luke 11 that God wants you to have a fireworks display more than you want to have one. We're going to talk about the why next week. But I, I want to establish a couple other things. Simply coming to the fireworks stand and never personally getting in the fireworks in your possession means that you will either be relegated to living a life without fireworks display or you will only get to watch everyone else's display. And I can attest to the fact that having your own fire on the inside of you is much better. It's much better. I, I, I can't help that I, God put in me this hunger, even as a kid, that I had to see it all. When we'd have guest evangelists, whether they were good or bad in our church growing up, I was right up there next to them. I wanted to see what was going to happen. We had one guy, Brother Petty was his name. He'd shake people so violently, he'd shake people's uh, shoulders out of their sockets when he'd pray for them. And then we'd have to have a healing line after Brother Petty prayed for people. 
But I was right there in the midst of it. I'll never forget the Sunday. We had a woman named Clara Milhorn. She was six foot two, 400 pounds. She was a bartender for years. She'd pick people up and throw them out of the bar. She's a big German lady. And, and she came, she got radically born again in the bar as a bartender. An old preacher walked in there one night and said, Clara, God knows your name. He knows your sin. And he's not, he's not afraid for you to come to church. Something to that effect. She'd always thought that if she'd walked into church that the whole building would fall over. And she said, well, preacher, I'm not going to church. If God wants uh, to know me, he can show up right here. And she fell over right there in the bar. Now, this happened many years before I knew her. But she had contended to get baptized in the Holy Ghost for years. And I'll never forget the Sunday, that six foot two, 400 pound ex-bartender sitting at the back of the church. All of a sudden we heard from the back, right there in the middle of the sermon, Clara got hit with the Holy Ghost. And I'm not kidding, that six foot two, 400 pound woman started doing cartwheels down the middle aisle. I, or handsprings or whatever they're called, right down the middle. She got up to the front, rolled this way, rolled that way, and she was a wild woman from that point on. She lived about two years after that and then went on to be with the Lord. She was in her 70s when that happened. But she had a fireworks display. I mean, literally. <laughs> never forget that. I'll never forget we had a woman named Sister May. If you grew up Pentecostal, everyone was brother and sister. We had Sister May. Sister May was blind in one eye and half blind in the other eye and couldn't hear. But I tell you, when that woman prayed, heaven came down. She, she didn't really talk to many people, but she'd sit right over here on this side of the church in that sanctuary. And every now and then our pastor would say, Sister May, will you pray over the offering? Or will you pray for this? Or you? And she'd start to pray, and I'm telling you, the hair on the back of my head would stand up because I knew the Holy Ghost had just come into the room because that was her fireworks display. She had developed a relationship with God. She couldn't serve because she couldn't see and couldn't hear, but she could pray. Your fireworks display will be unique to you, but I want you to know you need to crave it. You need to crave an encounter with the Lord like never before. Now, some people will say to me, well, I, you know, there's so much out there. You know, what, how do we know what's true and what's not? Listen, fireworks have an inherent risk. They can be dangerous. Ask anyone who doesn't have fingers after holding one of those Roman candles. I mean, there, there can be danger in it. There's instructions that come with them. Do not hold the firework. Set it over there. Mike doesn't listen to those rules. I mean, if you've ever bought fireworks, they are covered in warning labels, right? I mean, they've got 10 or 15 of them all around. And even with all the warning labels and accounts of tragedy, fireworks are still abused. I mean, I remember as a kid, we used to have those uh, pop bottle rockets and have fights with them, shoot them at each other's feet, you know. My cousin got his toe blown off. There's risk if they're misused. Like it or not, when you start handling fireworks, there is a very good chance that someone might abuse it. There is a chance that, that fireworks displays might bring some of the people out of the woods. I remember I had cousins. They never showed up to anything, but if there was fire, they were going to be there. And they brought gasoline for it. 
And they'd do these fireworks displays. And my mom would say, we're, we're going to park down the street. Because they were big fireworks displays. And shooting fireworks into the sky in California was illegal. Can't do it like you can in Texas. But that's what would happen. It was dangerous. But just because someone has abused fireworks doesn't mean that they're not for us. Do you get what I'm preaching this morning? Just because you've seen people abuse prophecy, just because you've seen people abuse miracles, just because there's weird people out there who have fake miracles and put glitter on their toes and say, oh, the anointing's coming on me. Let me take off my shoes and show you how the Holy Ghost is all over my feet. I'm not kidding. I just watched a video the other day. I thought, what foolishness. I don't pray for gold dust anymore. I pray for gold bricks, but that's another story. Just because people have abused the move of God and just because there's some charlatans out there who sell their spring water that's probably got poison in it doesn't mean God doesn't still move. This is nothing new. I mean, if you go read 1 Corinthians 14, Paul's rebuke and correction to the Corinthians for the manner in which they were handling the gifts of the Spirit. He says, use them, but don't abuse them. He says, in fact, you know, things were so chaotic and dangerous He says in the very last verse of of 1 Corinthians 14, verse 40, he says, But let all things be done decently and in order. What many people have come to say, don't do it at all if you can't do it decently and in order. Well, your definition of decent is probably going to be different than God's definition of decent. That Sunday when Sister Clara got the Holy Ghost, that was decent and in order as she did handsprings down the middle aisle and rolled that way and that way because she'd contended for a move of the Holy Ghost for years. Just because we can't explain it all the time, if there is order in the leadership of the church, if there is submission one to another, and there is create and felt safety in the move of God, we should be having fireworks displays. We should be having it. I'm sure many of you have seen them abused. I'm sure that people have put on a show for attention. Listen, I've seen it. I'm tempted not to say I've seen it all because then something else shocks me. But I've been in some places that if I were to tell the stories from the pulpit, you'd never want a prophetic word again. I've been in some places where God sent me in to deal with some stuff that I'm thinking, oh, Jesus. I didn't realize people could get this messed up in the church. But despite all of that, and in spite of the inherent risk of a fireworks display, I will not do away with it. I will not. I will not. Gifts will be abused at times, but I'm going to tell you we're going to set up some safeguards. This is a safe place. We've got people in place to make sure that some rando doesn't come up and give you a prophetic word in the middle of worship. That's not allowed here. We'll put a stop to it. You've got a prophetic word, you come see Hector and Susanna, or you see Shelly, you see myself, you see Greg. We don't want you just prophesying over anyone because that's not safe for them and that's not safe for you. We have trusted people that we have asked to pray for people because I don't know how many times I've had people come up to me in big conferences and say, oh, the Lord's given me a word for you. Most of the time I say, no, He hasn't. Can I just be real? I don't know you. Where's your name badge? Are you on staff at this church? Do they know? Does the leadership know who you are? No. Then you keep your word to yourself. 
Because I've had people, listen, before I learned all that stuff, I'd have people come up to me and say, oh, God's going to do this. I had one woman come up to me. She was like 60 years old. The Lord's called me to be your wife. I was 19. I said, no, he hasn't. You ain't what I prayed for. This might sound shallow, but I had 42 items that my wife had to meet. I had a list. Pastor Anna met all of them. She was handpicked by God. The Lord had us get married so quick so she wouldn't run away. She had to grow me up into the man of God that I am. Iron sharpens iron. Hallelujah. Sparks have flown over the years. We'll be married 13 years this month. So thankful for that woman of God and her patience. I, I often think, man, God, she must have prayed for patience at some point in her life because you brought me. <laughs> Paul knew that there would be people who would have mishaps. Paul, God knew. And so, so Paul writes to us in 1 Corinthians 14, and he kind of lays out the groundwork. Verse 26, he says, So here's what I want you to do. When you gather for worship, each one of you be prepared with something that will be useful for all. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer, provide an insight. If prayers are offered in tongues, two or three is the limit. And then only if someone is present who can interpret what you're saying. Otherwise, keep it between God and yourself. And no more than two or three speakers at a meeting with the rest of you listening and taking it to heart. Take your turn, no one person taking over. And then each speaker gets a chance to say something special from God. You all learn from each other. If you choose to speak, you're responsible for how and when you speak. When we worship the right way, God doesn't stir us up into confusion. He brings us into harmony. This goes for all the churches, no exceptions. I mean, the church at Corinth, What I mean, two whole letters he had to write to the church of Corinth because they were so crazy. And so he had to put some parameters. He had to say, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need not to do. Things can be dangerous, but not if we handle them properly. It's again why we have safeguards. I believe God wants us to use the gifts properly. That's why we've made room for gifts of words of wisdom and knowledge. That's why we have leaders in place like Hector and Susanna and Greg and Shelley. If God gives you a prophetic word during a service, we want to know about it. We're just not going to hand you a microphone the first time he does it. But as you get plugged in, as you become a safe voice in the house, listen, I want the expression of prophecy in the room. I want words of knowledge flowing. We had it this morning. Incredible move of God. I don't want to be the only one doing it because Scripture says I shouldn't be. Do we get it this morning? So we're headed somewhere, church. Listen, I'm not afraid of the danger, and you shouldn't be either. We work to handle them properly. They're safe. And I honestly believe that the risk of not having fireworks in our church is much greater than the risk of them being mishandled. Much greater. If we fear them so much that we don't have them or won't allow them, we miss the opportunity of having God move in our midst. We miss the opportunity of having God change folks' lives. People will drive hours they will wait in line. They will fight obstacles. They will sit in their car out at Rellis campus for six hours to watch some drones fly through the sky. I'm, I, I want to prophesy to you this morning. 
not just out of myself, but out of several prophetic words that have come and what I believe God is blowing fresh on again is that there will be lines to get in this building someday. That people will want the move of God so much that they'll drive. There's prophetic words over the Brazos Valley that there will be cars lined up all the way to Houston trying to get into the Brazos Valley for the revival that's coming. Yongi Cho prophesied it in 1995. The next great move of God coming to America is in College Station if there be such a place. There are so many prophetic words. There are so many things that God wants to do. We should be hungry for it. There should be an insatiable hunger on the inside of this. If we want to grow, if we want to be a place of passion, if we want people to have what we have, then we must have fireworks. It's hard to draw people with no fireworks. But crowds fight for the chance to see fireworks. And I want to kind of close with this thought this morning. Fireworks don't have to be limited to once a year. They don't, you know, I remember growing up, it was one of the the things about being in a Pentecostal church. Pentecost Sunday was the big Sunday of the year. And that was the year every, that was the day every year that something big was going to happen. I don't want to wait for one time a year for the move of the Holy Ghost. It should be in every service. It should be in every prayer meeting. It should be in every small group. God should be moving through our lives in whatever we do. It should be in your own homes. You should be getting drunk in the Holy Ghost in your home. I know Wanda does. Wanda's a Holy Ghost lush. When she caught the move of God, she caught it. God wants you encountered. God wants you full. He wants fireworks displays around your life. You should be a walking fireworks display. Wherever you, excuse me, go, God should be moving. I don't want us to become comfortable or satisfied with fireworks occasionally. I don't want us to pat ourselves on the back because we occasionally have a move of God. If we're going to be a New Testament church and follow scriptural examples and mandates, fireworks should be constant and consistent in everything that we do. I want to tell you something this morning. We need fire. We need fireworks. It is the fire that will set us apart. And I'm not satisfied. I want you to agree with me that the equipping church, that our body of believers will be such a demonstration of the move of God. Now there's a purpose for it. We've got to always remember that and keep that in balance. There's a purpose for the move of God. It's not for our own thrills and chills. We get that, and that's fine. But there's a purpose in the fireworks of God. It's to gather the harvest. It's to rescue people from the pits of hell. Jonathan Edwards, as he was preaching his famous message, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, those Puritans, they really knew how to preach fire and brimstone. I had a I, I discovered something this week, and I, I guess it's where I get some of my, my heritage from. I had an Uncle Ivy Hibden, and he was a holiness preacher. I didn't know that. And then I was given my great-grandfather's obituary. And it says in the obituary, he was a devout member of the holiness church. But I didn't know that. So I started doing a They were all Methodist. I had no clue that I had Methodist background. 
Thank you, Hector. But you know, John Wesley, who was kind of the father of Methodism, he preached an uncompromised gospel. There were lots of miracles around his life. Miracles didn't end with the early apostles. The move of God didn't end with the early disciples. It has continued. I call it the golden thread throughout, throughout history. The move of God has been woven through every decade, every century. As you study history, you can find the move of God in every aspect of society. We need the fire. And I want you to agree with me that the equipping church will be that place of fireworks. I believe we already are to a degree. I believe we are. We have great moves of God, but it needs to intensify and grow. Even if you don't fully understand the Holy Spirit and what He does, will you agree with me for this? Will you agree that in this month of February as we're fasting and we're praying and we're believing that this is a month of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that we would come into greater relationship with Him? That we would come into greater relationship with Holy Spirit? I want to start off February by declaring we want a fireworks display. If that's our heart, then we must be willing to prepare, to invest, to deal with the danger, to get fire ourselves and take the limits. We pray that your life was impacted today by the presence of God. For more information about the Equipping Church or to give online, please visit www.equippingchurch.us.